Bills Pod Squad is brought to you by the New York Lottery. Play the limited edition New York Series scratch-off game and you can catch up to $1 million. You must be 18 years or older to purchase a lottery ticket. On this week's episode, we sit down with Fox Sports sideline reporter Erin Andrews, who discusses her well-rounded background, her craziest moment in her career, and why she has so much passion for her job. Kim and I discuss our favorite moments from the Bills season as we hit the halfway mark and look ahead to next week's game against the NFC West leading Seahawks. Welcome into Bills Pod Squad presented by the New York Lottery. It's a podcast that takes you around the NFL from players to the media and beyond. Maddie Glab and Bills owner and president Kim Pagula here as your host. And today we've got Fox NFL sideline reporter Erin Andrews on with us. She talks about her time as a sideline reporter, her clothing line, and her wildest game. But before we get to Erin, let's chat about the Bills. Kim, we are at the halfway mark heading into week nine. Uh, let's relive some of of the best moments because there have been a lot of great moments so far in this season eight weeks through even though we're, we've got a season with COVID and it's not as normal as we would have hoped it would be there's still been some awesome things that have happened with this team there there has and it's flown by I cannot believe that we're at the halfway mark already I think it's gone a little bit faster than previous yeah, seasons it, it really has um if I think back to some of the the, the highlights I'm gonna say Probably one of them, I, I'm just going to say them out of order. I don't, I don't you know, don't know. I, as I talk about sometimes, I don't yeah. always remember every play. But So these are going to be a little bit more general. But I like it. I'm going to say that that Rams game where we were ahead at halftime by, what, 25 points? And then we were mm-hmm. behind, and then we end up <laughs> winning with the last few seconds. I think that, I mean, that's one of those games where we don't play the Rams that often. And for them to be here in Buffalo and then – we had such a hot start. We had a hot start to the season. And then, like, it was just the biggest roller coaster ride of a game. So I, I just – and then just clinching that at the last few seconds, like, there's, there's nothing like, you know, those just – those games where you're just on the edge of your seats all the time. So I'm going to say that's probably one of my, my uh, favorite moments there. Yeah, i definitely call that a statement win for the Buffalo Bills this year, playing a team that they don't see often and being able to beat them. Yes, they were up on them quite a bit in the first half of the game. It got a little dicey and close <laughs> there in the second half, but they finished out with a win. Uh, I'd say one of the games in the beginning of the season that sticks out to me the most is Josh's 400-yard game against the Dolphins. It was yeah, a close yeah. game, too. It was 38-21 was the final score but Josh's stat line I think just kind of said like boom I'm here it's my third year people have doubted me but this is the type of quarterback I'm going to be this season he threw for 415 yards had four touchdowns that he threw for and also had a 146 passer rating which were all like career highs for him and and he's been able to do that in so many games this season which has been awesome to see the progression that he's made over the offseason in an offseason where you would think not a lot of work would be able to get done, not a lot of progression would be made with players, but man, has he shown growth this season. I know we've had a, a little downturn in some stats and things like that from Josh and the offense um, when we face some tough teams like the Chiefs and the Titans, but there's still so much left in store. I think he's even shown growth over the last two weeks and being able to really read what a defense gives him. Uh, So I'm excited for the future for him and the future of this offense. What about the second thing? The second thing, uh, just to comment on on your Miami game, I, I agree. And I think that most you know, media people, personnel out there 
thought that he would get better. It's his third year. But I think everyone was really shocked, and especially that Miami game kind of just really put it into perspective of the growth that he was going to have from last year to this year. Yeah. Like the big, it was a big jump. It wasn't, you know, it's been gradual, but certainly I think that game um, really put the mark that, it, no, this isn't just like slow and steady. Like he made really some big progress. And it was a, a leap lot to, yeah, from year two to year really three. Was. And you've talked about before on the podcast, when you guys drafted Josh, he had the most upside. ceiling, the yep. most upside it out was. of any of the quarterbacks. And, and to take a chance, you have some people that are like, okay, we can really predict what this player has been in college and how they're going to transition into the NFL. But I think you look at his stats in Wyoming mm -hmm. versus other quarterbacks, and it's kind of like, okay, he, he had some – some great things that he did at Wyoming, but man, can this grow based on what he's what he's yeah. shown in college and, and transitions in the NFL. So being able to see that upside that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott were able to see, I think you're now seeing yeah. this in year three. No, definitely, definitely. And I, I think that part of it is also when we were drafting, uh, drafting Josh, I think it was also – the potential that he had, the upside that you just talked about. But I also think it was, for Terry and I, it was also knowing the environment he was coming into. We knew, we were confident that he was going to get the right coaching, the mm -hmm. right environment, the right growth, the right um, you know training to develop and kind of to his full potential. And so I think those two, like I said, seeing it come to alive in that in Miami game, um, you know, it's not a race, but certainly that Miami game was was kind of a, a big factor to to tell not just um, himself, our team, but you know, kind of everyone that you know I'm on the right path. And so um, happy happy that game was that game was a lot of fun. I would say my next one would be. I'm going to say probably that uh, the game we played against the Jets in the eight field goal kicks and the six, made it, mm -hmm. six making it, but I've never been at a game where like every point was a field goal. Some people um, may say that game was a little sleepy, Kim. Yeah, I, it, was, it, it was such an interesting game. Like I said, I mean, there's so many parts and pieces to every game, so I, I, my memory is not as good, so I can't remember every one, but I just I remember like the feelings or I remember just kind of, you know, my thoughts during a, a game. And, and I remember just like, okay, we're, we're in the red zone. We're, you know, TD, here we come. And then it's like, a, I'm like, well, no, we can't do a field goal again, right? And it's like after the fourth goal, just fourth kidding. one, you're just wondering like, okay, we can't just like have the whole game being uh, field goals. And, and we did, and we won. I mean, that's what happens. Like, you know, you find a way to win. Um, but that was certainly um, an interesting game to have that many field goal kicks. Um, with especially with our rookie uh, kicker. Yeah, it's something that does not happen often at all from an NFL team. I would say my second favorite thing that I've seen this season from this team is just all the big plays that we've seen from Josh Allen and from the receivers. I think you draft Josh Allen, and, and one thing that was obvious about him was the type of arm that he had. And he aired it out in his first and second year, but he didn't connect necessarily on all of those passes in his first two seasons. And I think this year we've really been able to see him connect on those receptions. And I know through most of the season, the team has ranked in the top 10, the top five in 20-plus receptions. So 
that's given me a lot of hope for what this team can do when they're down and they need to make big plays happen, that they can do that. And one of the players who's been able to help with that has been Stefan Diggs. And the connection that him and Josh have been able to have through this first year, I think is incredible to me just based on the fact that they couldn't be together for so long and then they meet face to face for like the first time. I mean, they had the time in, in Florida together in May, but you really get together as a team in late July when training camp is starting and, and all the mini camps were canceled and it's like, okay, this is go time. We have three weeks before the season kicks off. Good luck working on that connection and making it be something that helps this team win and it completely has been. It, it, it certainly has, and you know, it, and he's still. I don't, I'm not sure if you can see it all the time on on the broadcast for our fans, but what Diggs does on the sideline, how he gets the the guys pumped up. I mean, if you watch closely, and and you can see, I, well, at least I can see it from uh, where I watch the game, is that his interaction with the whole sideline, with the whole team. He's there when they need him for a little extra support, a little you know, kick in the butt, whatever it is. You see how engaged he is with the whole team, and that's just great to see great addition to our team yeah definitely I love his his attitude I love his personality mm -hmm. that we can see from him on social media and practices I feel like he just brightens up the wide receiver room and the team as a whole and I'm really pumped that he's in Buffalo what's your third favorite, favorite moment one, I'm gonna say probably just because it's fresh in my mind is I think we might be talking yeah, about the same yeah, one the Zimmer's uh, <laughs> Zimmer's forced fumble yeah. there of, of Cam Newton um, in our last game right there to kind of just really put the uh, put the game away mm -hmm. so um, um, such a great steady player doesn't you know always get all the the, the splash you know his, his name as a player but that's what you that what makes up a whole team is guys that make plays that maybe they don't make it every game but they make it when it counts and someone who's always there uh, dependable can do the job um, and you know you need that in every team and he certainly showed it um, with helping us secure that <laughs> that home win against the Patriots that we've all been waiting for so long yeah I am copying off that I would say Justin Zimmer's forced fumble there in the fourth quarter when they were in Bill's territory with a chance to kick a kick a field I, goal I was score a touchdown I was shoveling candy <laughs> and food and pizza and whatever else was there because that that was like really close and then I didn't even I so talked about Brandon Bean, Joe Shane um, are down like in the first row, right? Yeah, yeah. In what our was suite, the box, right? the suite so, like but for they that saw, game? So I don't like, they sometimes like yell out stuff that I, I still haven't seen happen yet, right? I feel like they can predict a <laughs> lot of Did they yell things, ball right? before you saw yes. a ball pop Yeah, out? I was like, what, what, what? Like, you know, because they started yelling and I was like, what, what happened? Because um, I didn't see it and from the, what, and I stood up a little bit higher. Mm -hmm. And so I couldn't tell that that was a fumble. I just saw him go to the ground. And so, yeah, no, it was just, <laughs> like I said, I was just busy shoveling the candy in my mouth. And then, like, they yell ball. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, what happened, right? So, um, it, yeah, it was just, it was a lot of fun. And, like I said, that's just a, a great moment, knowing how much that meant for our community, just to have yeah. that, that win under our belt that we've been waiting for for so long. Such a wonderful moment for Buffalo, for the fans, yeah. for you and Terry for the players, something that this team has been working to accomplish since 2016 was <clears throat> the last time that 
the Bills beat the Patriots. The last time they did at home was 2011. So yeah, well, and it's we're four zero in our division now. So yeah. that that also too just um, was nice to have. So besides just you know that it being New England, but this season kind of you know taking the lead consistently um, over the last few weeks um, of being first in our division too. So. That segment was brought to you by SafeLight. SafeLight is also this week's game sponsor, the official auto glass repair and replacement partner of the Buffalo Bills. All right, let's chat about our fan box for this week. I'm wearing the shirt. It's Cody Ford's fan box. So I love it. I this is it. our players. Uh, they are able to design a T-shirt for our home games. So this week's is Cody Ford's fan box. And I really like this color and the combo of the Bills colors. So this T-shirt uh, benefits Western New York heroes. So honoring our veterans. If you buy the fan box, it also comes with a camo drawstring bag. That is pretty cool. Um, but I, I'm a big no, fan and, of this Yeah, one. and I like how you're accessorizing that with the Aaron the Andrews. Andrews line of, of jacket there so no I just I I love it such a huge shout out to our frontline workers our veterans I love that um, that we're uh, our players are, are allowed to kind of show their support in, mm -hmm. in this way and you can connect with our players and some of the things that inspire them such a great cause um, I, I love the t-shirt I love the combo too I love the color combo yes yeah. it's always good blue and blue and red and white just it goes with everything. It looks good. It really <laughs> does. It's available at BillsFanBox.com until Sunday, November 8th at 11.59 p.m. So don't wait till 11.59 mm -hmm. p.m. Just go, just go buy it today. The Buffalo Bills are proud to partner with National Grid in promoting the Safety First initiative, where every time a Bills safety makes a tackle at home, National Grid will donate $50 to the 100 Club of Buffalo in support of first responders and their families. National Grid reminds you to put safety first in your home with this easy tip. Check the batteries in your carbon monoxide detectors regularly. Here's our interview with Fox NFL sideline reporter Aaron Andrews. Aaron, thanks so much for being on with us. We know this is your busy season as it is the same for us. You're always yeah. on the road during the NFL season. And I know you're probably working throughout this interview, checking up on things on your phone as news has constantly been breaking today in the NFL. But speaking of teams in the NFL, the Buffalo Bills are 6-2 through eight weeks. They're 4-0 in the AFC East, lead the division. They're 4-0 in the East for the first time since 1991. We've kind of seen a resurgence of Josh Allen in his third year as an NFL quarterback, doing some things that he hasn't done before, kind of showing the NFL the type of arm, the type of quarterback that he can be. What are your impressions of the Buffalo Bills so far this season? Well, we had you guys on, it was supposed to be a Thursday night, and then it turned into a Monday <laughs> night. And I, I feel like so many people, coaches and players have said this, it's a, such an adjustment this year and a week to week thing. But um, I'm bummed about my Buffalo experience because we came in after I believe a Sunday game in Tampa, we got right to Buffalo. This I've never even met Josh Allen. And this is one of, you know, one of these unfortunate things about the season. So thankful we're having football, but you know, myself, Troy Aikman, Joe Buck, we were saying this would have been such a great time to go to the facility, actually sit down with the coaching staff, get to shake Josh Allen's hand, meet a lot of these guys. And uh, it didn't happen this year. We were on a, on a call with him and so forth. But yeah, he was one of the guys I, I was really looking forward to kind of just meeting. Hey, how are you? You know, haven't been able to work one of your games before. But look, I'm excited about him. I, I 
as we sit here and uh, in week nine, it's going to be what Tom Brady taking on Drew Brees and I have Aaron Rodgers this Thursday night. It's kind of like the old regime and you see these new guys starting to come in like the Mahomes, the Josh Allens, uh, the Garoppolo's when he's healthy and so forth. So um, it's such an exciting time, I think, for the sport and to get to know these guys. That's why I'm ready for everything to be figured out in our in our world so we can actually get back to where we were and get to know them and, and actually reference them. I, I feel bad even talking about Josh Allen because I haven't even got a chance to meet him yet. Well, you know, you are working football, but you have worked in yeah. <laughs> other leagues, other sports besides football. So yeah. just give us a little bit of background about maybe some of our listeners who don't know where you came from. You just kind of appeared on the scene. You've been a part of the NFL for many years. Um, but give us yeah. some background in what other sports that you've been a part of, what other roles that you played in, and why you love football. Well, I love sports because of my dad. I'm a daddy's girl, and I was the firstborn out of the two girls um, in our family. And my dad just kind of took me under his wing, and, and he's a journalist as well, and, and he's so good at storytelling. And he would tell me stories about his favorite teams and players and coaches and kind of weave it in a way that was so interesting to me. So I fell in love with that. My dad's from New England, which I know Buffalo fans aren't into, but he wasn't a <laughs> Patriots fan. So there's oh, yeah. that. Um, he was always into the Celtics and the Red Sox and then the Packers. So look, that was my way, you know, my dad and I bonded and I would learn all these stories. And I went to the University of Florida and knew I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. And my first job out of college, I was the ringside reporter for the NHL uh, team in Tampa. They just won the Stanley Cup. Mm -hmm. And it was very exciting. So, uh, and yeah, from there, I got my first job with the Lightning and then I moved on to TBS and I worked for the Braves and then I went on to ESPN. I worked college game day for eight years, which was really exciting. And uh, then I got my start with Fox, I think probably eight years ago, seven, eight years ago. So basically I've been doing this for 20 years. Um, so I started when I was one years old because, you know, I'm 21 <laughs> uh, joking. But yeah, I just I, I think the biggest thing for me and what's made a difference for me in my career is I'm a huge sports fan. I just love it so much. And um, I, you have to. And I remember one of my uh, first college professors saying, you really got to love this job because you're going to sacrifice a lot. Um, I lost a lot of girlfriends coming out of college because they couldn't make their weddings because they all got married on weekends that there were college football, football games season. I was working. I'm like, who gets married for Florida LSU weekend? Are you crazy? I'm working that game. I can't be in your wedding. Um, you know, I, so there's a lot of sacrifice. I haven't been home for Thanksgiving since I started working for 20 years. I also am missing Christmas this year because we're going to have a game on Christmas day. And uh, it is, it's a lot of sacrifice, but Kim, as you know, it's, it's worth it. And when you love it, I don't see myself doing anything else. Well, I'm sure, though, that way back when your first job with, with Tampa Bay, like, was this always something? Did you ever doubt yourself? Because, you know, you were been one of the trailblazers of women mm -hmm. in sports. Definitely. And being in the, in the business for the last 20 years, like you said, um, it's, you know, back then on your first job, I'm sure you had some hesitations. You probably had some uh, probably um, discouragers. Uh, did you ever doubt yourself being a female and being in that role in sports? I think, and this is another reason why I can't wait till COVID's over, Josh Allen and you, Kim, like I want to sit down and have a couple of drinks with you <laughs> and just pick your brain and see how you feel about this. Because I'm there. It is I'm interesting. There. And women, I know lots of drinks. It'll turn, it'll be a lunch <laughs> dinner, a dinner, if you will. Um, it, you know, it, people ask me that all the time. And I think, and I'm dying to ask you the same question. 
I think because I was so, and I, I still am so obsessed with doing a good job. And yes, part of that is because I never played in the NFL. I, I never have picked up a football competitively, obviously in my life. I've never played basketball. I was a dancer. My pom-poms are right over my shoulder. I, I was a cheerleader. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, thank you. And I love that. But I don't think I've never felt like I have thought I have to prove myself, but I, I never really worried about being the only female on the road with 40 guys. I never kind of, I feel like it's always fueled me, but I, I never was worried about not belonging or have, I do worry about proving myself and I still do to this day, but um, it was never an experience where it was just like, oh, I have to be a certain way because I'm a female. I am just so motivated that I want to show people how much I love sports. And I do believe that players trust me, coaches trust me. They can tell me things, you know, and, 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 you know, be honest about stuff. And, and that doesn't come unless they know you've worked hard, you have the credibility. Um, I think it's almost more you want to prove yourself maybe to some of the, the writers that like to take shots at you mm-hmm. um, that don't know you or, you know, the fans making comments on Twitter. But I've never been a person where I'm just like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm in a male dominated industry and, and it makes me a tad insecure. I feel like I almost don't have time for it because I'm like, <laughs> who's playing today at running back for Green Bay? You know what? So what am I going to ask the defensive player calling me tomorrow? And maybe that's the wrong way to feel, but. At our Leonard Kim, I'm going to ask you all about that. What I mean, I'll ask you it now. I, well, I'm asking you a question. Yeah, let's hear it. How do you I, feel about it? I think the the point that you made is is really spot on because what what happens is that you know even though you may work harder because you feel like you want to prove yourself, right? But that makes yeah. you better. Like yeah. I yeah, like you've said that I, before. I enjoy that challenge, mm-hmm. and I think I benefit from the doubt of others that I find myself, you know, I, I think I do a better job because yeah. I am trying to prove, and I don't think that that's a bad thing. Yeah. I think that's a good thing, and Kim, I'm happy Kim, how that hard are you on yourself, though? Like, I think part of, for me, you know, one of the things, like, Monday mornings are really hard for me because if I miss maybe a storyline that happened or if I didn't sell something that I saw on the sideline go down, like, prime example, okay? Allen Robinson, the other day, we did the, we did the Bears game. I saw him, he was frustrated with the way a series went, excused himself from the offense, went over by himself, started talking to himself. I told my producers all about it. They're like, that's awesome. We got the shots. Let's do it. I gave the whole report. And then Troy came on and said, that's, a, you know, and you got to think Aaron, Allen Robinson is a guy that had a concussion. And I was like, oh, I didn't mention that in report, but that's why we're such a good team. Cause Troy's mm-hmm. like, Hey, don't forget this. And I help him with things like that. But Monday mornings are hard for me because I don't want to miss an injury. I don't want to miss a storyline. And I'm really hard on myself. Are you, Kim? How do you handle that? Well, you know, I think my situation is a little bit different because I do have a partner, my husband, um, yeah. as owner. <laughs> and so we, you know, I found that we have, we both have different skill sets, right? So mm-hmm. if you ask me what a play that happened during the game, even, <laughs> even like on Monday morning, right? Like, I have a hard time like remembering plays and like actually points of the game, right? But my husband, he, I mean, he'll tell you, you know, but that's the where fourth he excels, play yeah. at three and you know three and one. Why do we do so? But I, but I look at diff- things differently. So I am, I'm hard on myself in terms of the things that I do and I can control. I'm not hard yeah. on myself on things I know I'm not good at or yeah. that, and, and I let other people do that. So, but, um, but no, I would say I am like things that I control, like I, I am probably hard on myself and competitive. I yeah. mean, but 
that's okay, that's okay though. Yeah, and I think it's the team around that's us. That's who we are. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the team around us that lifts up, lifts us up. Erin, you talk about your Fox family, and mm -hmm. Kim, you have your husband, and and I have a, a team full of media people that you know help me do my job as, as well as you guys. I mean, there's awesome to have so many people around you that lift you up and and give you praise and encouragement to make it in a world where it's still so dominate dominated by men but being I mean, so busy look at this three of us <laughs> talking about football this is awesome i know it's that's so the awesome. reason why yeah, we're doing this great. podcast yes. <laughs> but aaron you said you're so busy that you can't even sometimes worry about that because it's what mm -hmm. game do i have next what do i have to prepare for what are some of these breaking stories that are coming out during the NFL season, what's your schedule like on some of those busiest days? Like, take me through a day of Aaron Andrews when, when you're in the middle of the craziness. Well, it's this week. So prime example, I had, let's start with Sunday, right? And I don't even know how I did this last year. So Sunday, we're in Chicago and the game goes into overtime. We've been in Chicago since Friday, but we've been on the road since Wednesday because we did a Thursday night game. So we're packed up. We're at Chicago overtime. No, <laughs> the last flight out of Chicago is at 835. And we know the minute because it's like, we got to make this. What's what's the cutoff time? So we get to the airport. We rush on land probably at 1145. I get home in bed by, you know, 1230. The dog starts acting up at one. So Monday morning, it's go time because I've got to leave again on Wednesday for my Thursday game. So Monday, you're checking in with PR guys. Hey, can I get so-and-so to call me? Hey, can I do this? Are we doing a sit-down interview? I am. It's Tuesday today. I'm now getting on the phone after with you guys with players. I have a sit-down interview on Wednesday. And then also think you got to pack. By the way, when have I done laundry? And, you know, <laughs> am I getting my roots done? I don't know. Um, so then I'm, I am on the, you know, road on Thursday. We've got a game Thursday. We, we hope we have a game. We don't know what's going to happen. And then from there, I get on a plane for Friday and do a game on Sunday. And then it's back to square one on Monday. Now, last year, I used to not have a Monday because I was at the studio all day for Dancing with the Stars. Mm -hmm. This year, it's obviously calmed down a little bit, but you know, and then Tuesdays are filled. Like I just said, even though I'm going to talk to players, we're, you know, doing the clothing line, trying to worry about, you know, maybe trying to get another job here or there off the football field. So it's nuts, but like, I have a feeling this is where I would bond with Kim. It's never enough. I'm always still looking for more. I complain about being so busy, but if I'm not busy, I'm complaining even more. <laughs> so um, I think as Troy Aikman said to me the other day, uh, you're always looking for something to do, huh? You, you just you just want to be crazy. And I, yeah, the crazier I am, the better. We would be best friends, Erin. <laughs> yeah. We would we would like rule the world. <laughs> yeah. But, well, you talked about some of the other things that you're doing outside of, of football, the clothing line, which I will tell you, We're I love. We are supporting it. Um, Thank what, you guys, that means a lot. What what is what was the inspiration behind that? Is that something you were always interested in trying to find? And I will say that sometimes it is hard finding female related um, sports. That's not that pink fits, and doesn't look, have yes, glitter all look. over it. Isn't like blah. This is women's clothing. Yeah. No. So true. Um, obviously, I'm a huge sports fan. My husband played in the NHL, so you know Which even we're going to talk about. <laughs> we're going to talk that? about that. We're going to talk about the hockey part too. 
Oh, okay, great. Um, yeah, so I was always trying to find gear to wear to his games to cheer him on. And then, you know, after be able to go get a drink or go to dinner and not look like a mega fan. And then, you know, I, I did a, um, a night out, a ladies night for, um, for the NFL, like for the Super Bowl a few years back, like five, six years ago. And they wanted me to wear the clothes. And I just started talking to my manager and your friend, Kim Constance, uh, Schwartz Marini. And I just said, I feel like this is an area we could make some noise. I mean, I'm very much a tomboy. You guys mentioned the pink, the bedazzles. Listen, there's a whole market for that. And the people that wear it are adorable and I wish I could pull it off. It's just not my world. Mm -hmm. I'm more of like a black, gray, white, you know, you've got the army jacket on, you've got the bomber. That's just kind of my vibe. And I just thought it would be cool to have something that I, like a staple in my closet, try to find a unique way to put a Buffalo Bills mascot on it and then be able to go to a dinner or go to BART when we were able to, um, or be able to cheer for your team now, if you can't get to the stadium, anywhere and everywhere, at your house, you know, in your backyard, wherever you're social distancing, cheering on your Buffalo team. So it took a really long time. Again, at our Leonard, uh, Kim, I'm gonna tell you all about the people that were like, sounds like a good idea, but are you really going to back it very much? I don't know. Are people going to buy it? How much are you going to be involved? Um, I was knocking down so many doors. I had so many doors closed in my face. We got this closed so many times. And then we had a soft launch last year in the NFL, and we were all kind of like, we'll see what happens. Michael Rubin and Fanatics backed us. We kicked ass, and we yeah. were so pumped. And uh, Constance, myself, Michael Strahan, we knew it could work. We just wanted it to show other people it did. And now we're trying to, you know, get our, our stuff ready to go for next season. And I just heard from um, my COO that an, a team that's a big buyer is so pumped. They already saw our 2021 and they were like, oh, my God, this is going to be amazing. So we're really excited. Well, I, I, I love the line and I was so happy because, you know, I, of course you love getting like boxes. So mm -hmm. I, I had this box come into my office and I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm not expecting anything. And I opened it up and was so happy to see your product there, to see that you're having it for, out for this you. year. I'm like quickly texting Constance and be like, hey, what's going on? And that's when she told me you were just at the game. And I was like, dang it, I missed her. I missed you <laughs> I at our, our Bills game. So I, like I said, I know it's a different experience this year. But um, yeah. we are definitely going to connect on that Leonard. I can't oh, yeah. wait. Erin, <laughs> you've had a clothing line now. You have done NFL, college football, baseball, NHL, Dancing with the Stars, hosted CMAs. I mean, what's next? What is something that you haven't hosted that you want to or something that you haven't been able to tackle yet that you want to do in your career? Well, I've had a chance. Um, I'm working on a scripted project with Kevin Hart's production company, which we're really excited about. That's been a really fun thing for me um, to try to be an executive producer of. Definitely looking for uh, new opportunities to host. I'm trying to convince Kevin to do a morning talk show with me. Not that he's already Ooh. busy enough, but um, I'm just like, come on, enough of this comedy thing. Come be with me every morning. <laughs> Let's do a talk show. I'm in my 40s trying to have a family. I'm, you know, recently married as of three years ago, trying to navigate my my way and my life through all of this. And uh, I, I would like to do that at some point. Again, I can't be busier um, than I already am, but I'd love to. We're, we're talking about a whole podcast thing with one of my best girlfriends who's involved in sports too. We'll have you guys on. And um, yeah, I just kind of those things. Sometimes when I'm traveling, 
especially through uh, this global pandemic, I think I could host Saturday Night Live because of all the craziness <laughs> that I see around me. I don't think I could pull off a whole uh, show, but I do think I could do a couple skits, which would be a hoot, but that's it. Well, that, I, w I would definitely watch that. If that if you made that happen, Erin, I would definitely be watching Saturday Night Live. You talked yeah. about your husband. You talked about your husband. He's Canadian. He's an ex-hockey yeah. player. Um, so obviously, hockey is big here in Buffalo mm -hmm. as well. Um, so you know, obviously, your first job was uh, was with Tampa Bay, like you mentioned. Um, so, what have you learned from having a husband who? has been a professional athlete. Um, I've got one that's, I've got a daughter that's been a professional athlete. I've learned tons that's from awesome. her. Just like to hear from you being married to an athlete. Mm. If that's helped you relate maybe to more so the players or, or yeah. the teams. I think if anything it has, and, and I, I think that's why a lot of these guys, I hope trust me um, because for me, it's not about just getting this story. I've been around a lot of athletes that obviously, you know, have been hurt and you, my thought right away is, oh my God, his wife is watching or his kids are watching, or, you know, this could be his career. And I do think it is a different perspective. My husband has had a lot of injuries. I've, you know, been in the back of an ambulance before and it, it's a lot. And, you know, there's been times where you've had a doctor say this may be it and hockey's so violent as you guys know. So I do think it gives me a different perspective when I'm dealing with these guys and also dealing with their injuries and what they go through every you know day. Um, a lot of times when I get on the phone with players, it's not just about the game. I start off right away. How's your family? How, mm -hmm. how are they doing? How are your kids? How's your wife holding up with all this? Um, you know, prime example, the story came out last week about um, one of the players with the New Orleans Saints, Demario Davis, who is an absolute dream and a gem. Not only is he trying to navigate his way through COVID, his 10-month-old daughter just lost her left eye due to uh, retinal cancer. And his wife and, and three other kids are in Nashville right now because they are close to the Institute that's dealing with her. She's doing great. But you know, the first 10 minutes I was on the phone with him wasn't even about the game plan versus the Bears. It's like, oh my gosh, how's your wife? How are you? What can I do to help? It's a lot. You know, these guys are going day in, day out, trying to prepare and get ready for games. And I know what it's like to be the nagging wife, you know, while they're trying to go play that night. They're juggling a lot. And, and I, I feel like I can really kind of relate to that. And um, it, it does give me a different perspective. It's not like I'm a hard hitting kind of reporter, but you also have to think they have a family at home that's watching this too. This is their lives, you know? Yeah. And I, I think this that's a good year question. Than, yeah. I think this year more than any, any yeah. other year, we've seen that come to life with mm -hmm. some of social justice issues that our players having to deal with yeah. them having a bigger voice. Um, so I, I definitely think that those types of stories, getting that out there and looking at our athletes as, as humans totally. and as real people that have similar um, issues that we may all be dealing with or, or worse. Um, it's, it's just a nice story this year among kind of this pandemic that we're going to be able, we're able to see people for who they really are, not just the player that they are. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, I, I miss them though. Gosh, I miss them. I, I do. It's just, you know, it's so even just being in the first row and just being away from guys like pregame, you'd always go give some guys hugs. They'd always be like, what's going on on Dancing with the Stars? What's going on with the Gators? And, <laughs> Yeah, I just, I, I'm sure you guys feel the same way. I just miss the personal contact a lot. 
Yeah, speaking of that personal contact, I mean, your job is to make that connection with the players and the coaches yeah. and to get information before your game because you're the sideline reporter who's delivering those storylines, who's delivering that information in game. So how have you had to adjust the way you do your job? What's some of the toughest things now in this COVID world that we've been living in? Yeah, it's hard. And I think this game this Thursday is going to be a big example of it. You know, I've, I've kind of laid off the Packers. I'm on the Packers sideline this weekend or this Thursday because they are dealing with a player who tested positive mm -hmm. and they don't know they got their test results today and, and two more guys got put on the list. They're waiting for more test results tomorrow. They're dealing with a lot. And the last thing I know I have a job to do, but the last thing they want to do is deal with the sideline reporter that I need an offensive and defensive player to talk to. I, this is real life stuff they're dealing with. So I've got, you know, that I, I feel bad asking They're They've been great. They're going to have a few guys call me, but for games, there's that period where before guys get in their uniforms, it's kind of like the pre pregame where they're in just whatever they want to wear. They're usually FaceTime and their families and they're on the field. That's great time. You can go get information. Like if it's windy, how is this wind affecting, you know, how you're play calling or, you know, you talk to the quick kicker really quick. Where do you feel comfortable from? For the Packers game, this would have been great because they're going to be down a couple running backs. So we may have the third string running back out there for Thursday night. I would quickly go run after him and say, what are your keys? How much time? What, you know, who are you relying on? How much is Rogers going to help you? You really don't get that last minute information if stuff breaks. Le'Veon Bell was signed right before your game against Kansas City. Uh, we had already spoken to the players that week. You couldn't run down there and talk to the running backs coach about it. So we obviously are missing a lot of that last minute pertinent information that I feel brings value to me in the broadcast, but we're doing our best, right? We're all adjusting. I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful the NFL and Fox is still having us on the broadcast. You just feel like there's so much more you could give, but the access is so limited at this point. What's one of your- Which drives me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> pre-COVID world when when we could get yeah. that type of information and, and when that face-to-face -face communication was real and was such an important part of your job. Uh, thinking about all the games that you've sidelined, what is one of the craziest or wildest moments that you've had as a sideline reporter? I think the Richard Sherman moment. I mean, <laughs> it was for so many reasons, you know, it, that game was bananas, first of all. And um, the play was huge and, you know, me grabbing him and, and his emotion. And I knew that everybody was going to think that he, we're, we're going to say what was said in the beginning. Oh, he's screaming at her. He scared her. Thing about me is I could pretty much hold my own. And I kind of always think that if I played football and I was a guy, I'd be a linebacker because I just want to be like, God like rip somebody's head off and make the tackle and sack a quarterback and I love it I sat there and I was like this is freaking awesome like this is amazing you don't see athletes doing this and the, the look I had on my face during that whole thing which I could wish I could go back and do over was like holy crap this is amazing and I better ask him a good follow-up question because everybody is watching this moment because athletes don't do this and um I was bummed that everybody thought he scared me or that they, that it was wrong what he did it was great what he did he just made a game saving play that sent them to the super bowl against a wide receiver he had beef with and it was awesome and um i actually tried to talk to snickers 
right after, you know, that whole incident and said, we should do a commercial on this where Sherm and I are reenacting this <laughs> and I give him a Snickers and then he's like not hangry anymore. I thought I was like, here we go. This is a great commercial. Nobody listened to me. Um, my management did, but Snickers didn't. Um, but yeah, and Sherm and I are super tight and I love him and I love his wife and I love the way he plays and I love how smart he is. And, and that was one of the coolest moments for me. And then as the weather is getting colder, I mean, we know in Blah. Buffalo it's, it's about to start to drop. Thankfully, this Sunday kickoff looks like a pretty pretty high temp for November in Buffalo. But you've been what on the sidelines. What is six, the temp? 68 degrees, 66 degrees. I'm oh, not complaining. Great. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. But you've been on the sidelines for some really cold games. What is the yes. coldest game or the – most miserable weather game that you've had to be a part of and how did you like strap yourself up for that game basically to be able to do it yeah it's literally I literally strap myself up because <laughs> what I wear apparatus wise is crazy look I mean we do we do Green Bay games all the time sorry my 70 pound golden retriever is growling and barking at the landscaping guy it's fine <laughs> Howie um so I've done games at Lambeau where I've literally been I could be electrocuted like I've had batteries everything uh, the socks, the vest, the hand warmers. I've actually, oh, we did a, a playoff game at Lambeau. It's when Kaepernick absolutely ran all over Green Bay's defense. I think, I can't even remember. He had a sick night. I was so cold. I was on the 49ers sideline. I put my hand up to the heater and it caught on fire. A couple of the players <laughs> were like, your gloves on fire. And I was like, oh my God. But um, I think the worst, I can handle Lambo cold. I mean, you know, you're going to have snot running down your face. You know, it's not pretty. It just sucks. It's freezing. But I got to tell you, last year we did Cowboys Patriots in Foxborough and it was freezing and it was wet and it was oh. raining and it, it couldn't turn into snow and the wind was just gusting and I was just so miserable. And, you know, there's supposed to be a barrier between you and the players but I was so cold and so wet. My hands were soaked and so were my gloves. I just laid out my gloves with where the offensive linemen had their stuff. They were like, here, just come on. Cause it was just so miserable. And they were like, just, just dry your gloves. That was probably the worst weather I've ever been a part of. It was so bad. Now, well, besides the weather, there's other great things about football. What, you know, oh, yeah. what do you, what do you think, you know, is the best part about the game? And has it changed since you got into the business um, from, you know, when you first started in football to where we are now? I mean, taking COVID aside. Yeah, true. Yeah, I'm, I'm like not even thinking of COVID at this point. <laughs> the best part of the game for me is, and why I still do it at 42 years old when, you know, I, I miss obviously big things with my family and my life and so forth and, and the traveling and the weather. You're the best seat in the house. I am right there when Tom Brady comes off the field and is either pissed or pumped I am right there when Aaron Rodgers throws like a game-winning touchdown I am right there when Richard Sherman makes a game-saving you know play to go to the Super Bowl um I I don't want to be anywhere else on a Thursday or a Sunday I love it so much I look up to these guys so much I appreciate their competitiveness I appreciate what they've done you know to to be in the game I've had so many officials game officials pull me back on the sidelines because I get so pumped up. I'm out on the field. I'm like, what? It's just awesome. Like I'm a huge sports fan and to be right there is amazing. So yeah, it's when that wears off on me and when I'm not nervous for my first sideline hit to where my uh, hand is shaking, 
which it always does. I mean, we did we did a huge monster game the other day. We did uh, Green Bay at Tampa, Rogers versus Brady. My hand was shaking so bad my first hit. <laughs> I had to start moving around in the hit because I didn't want people to know because I was like, this is two Hall of Famers. This is a monster mashup, matchup. This is a Super Bowl matchup. So when I get like that, if it, never, if, when it stops being like that, it's time for me to leave because that, it, that's just so cool. Yeah, I love it. I, I say the same thing. I just, I, I love all the parts about, about football and the sports, sports just in general mm -hmm. that, um, and yeah. I'm still excited to do what I do every day. It's not a job. I don't even it's get not. paid, Erin. I don't even get paid for this job. <laughs> so, but I do it just because I love it. And what I, I, what I love about sports is the unpredictability about it. And yeah. sitting in the owner's chairs where you feel <laughs> like you can control so many things, you know, who you hire as a coach, you know, how much money you spend on players, but at the end of the day, you have no control. When, when that game starts, True. whether it's yeah. hockey, whether it's football, you have no control whatsoever. And the unpredictability about whatever can happen during that game, that's, that's the part I think is so exciting about sports. Aaron, it's the ever... best reality show out yeah. there. I mean, you just there, you don't know how it's going to end. You don't know what cast of characters are going to come in in the beginning or in the beginning you do or in the middle. It's, it's awesome. I was going to say, Erin, if you're ever back in Buffalo for a game, you'll have to uh, come up to where Kim sits because she has got the candy going during the game. So if, that is you, want, if you want yes, a sweet yes. spread, go up to yeah. uh, Kim's uh, press yeah. box. Well, you, you talk about getting nervous, right? And that's a good thing. Um, so I get nervous for a game as well, but I eat sugar. <laughs> and that's probably which doesn't really help, but, but um, that's my thing. I still get nervous after, before, during every game and I constantly have sugar on hand to ease my my anxiousness yeah. um so what's but, your sugar of choice Kim um it probably between Sour Patch Kids and Swedish Fish oh yeah. wow you really you're basically you and my husband are like from the same like womb there well, that's all he, he does is he, like, well because he's Canadian right we're really yeah because we're close to Canada so have you have you uh learned any Canadian you know, kind of special habits? Um, do you celebrate Thanksgiving plus Boxing Day or has he been pretty much Americanized uh, by you? He's been here um, for quite some time. He he came here, gosh, he was in, he first played in Edmonton for a while and then he came here um, a long time ago. Um, I don't even know, but yeah, he's pretty Americanized, but I got to tell you, we have those canadian chocolate candy bars i forgot what they're called i could i should have run down and brought them but they're like this big and they're huge and his parents bring them ketchup chips i know a lot yep, about ketchup yep, chips yep is it coffee um, crisp that's my favorite canadian yeah, candy coffee bar crisp is coffee one crisp? of them coffee crisp it's is that big it? big bar or big mat i don't know it's something like that um yeah ketchup chips what else have we had to experience um I don't know. I'm trying to think, but yes, uh, I try so badly on air not to say the offense or the, you know, <laughs> the, the offense, offense yeah. how the offense, I mean, can you imagine if I, yeah. if I did that on air, people would die. Um, yeah, no, there you got Canadians are just, yeah, they're, they're good people. They know how to have a good time. Oh, kokanee beers. I like a kokanee. They're really good. Yeah. No. Here. We, we have a lot of uh, Canadian fans also yeah. that come down here yeah. as well, and we're missing them as well. So Definitely. I, and I when know. our borders close, can't get up there to get the candy, the Canadian candy anymore. So I did have some someone send me some, though. So I, I'm good Aww. for now. <laughs> 
Erin, before we wrap up, what's your advice to young female journalists who are trying to make it in this industry? Because it's a popular major for a lot of young women. It's, it's a yeah. dream that a lot of young women have, but it's a hard job to get because there's not enough of them out there for how many right. women want to get into the industry. So what's your advice for them? You know what? I I would agree with you on that. And it's like, honestly, like trying to find a job to host a game show or a reality ballroom show. Yeah, there's not a lot of prime time spots, but look, if you're good, if you make some noise in the industry, you'll make it. But I will say there's a lot more opportunity because of like what you're doing, digital, like everybody on Teams, because I'm always on the Teams website because there's always the best information on them. There's, you know, the reporters on the team. There's, you know, you guys all have now your own production groups and that's, so exciting and i think you know that opens up a lot of um a, a lot of you know jobs for women as well or you know girls that want to be involved i would say the two biggest things are two lessons i learned from men who i care about in my life one was my dad i graduated from the university of florida and as soon as i graduated all i did was watch or read everything about the gators and i remember i went for my first job interview with you know, the NHL team, the Tampa Bay Lightning um, in my, my city. And my dad said, you know, you may need to put down the article about the Gators and start reading about other teams. There are other teams and other leagues out there. But when you go to a college for four years, you think that's all that exists. Well, my dad was right. I would say at this point, start studying, start watching a lot of these docu-series. Um, there's so much information available, you know, like be on the athletic every week, read some of these features. When I was coming up, it was like sports illustrated and si.com and ESPN.com. Now there's so much stuff you can read on the internet about teams and about leagues. Just be really well educated um, on, you know, all the different leagues. And the other thing is Kim knows this is you have to have thick skin and it's something at 42 years old, I'm still trying to deal with. I look at guys like Tom Brady, a lot and try to you know kind of look at how he handles criticism and and always being the number one story on sports center i'm not saying that happens to me but i had an athlete tell me one time i could be in a stadium where hundreds of thousands of people are cheering me on and i get a couple bad tweets and it ruins my day mm -hmm. i try hard not after games to read the tweets or look at what people are saying but yeah it's hard you want everybody to like you and and it's not going to happen so you just have to have thick skin. And, and the former head coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning, um, John Tortorella, taught me that when I was crying to him one day about being on a message board and everybody talking bad about my nose and how my voice was terrible. And he said, you know what? You got to have thick skin. You got to let it run off your back. And I'm still trying, but I like to look at how some of these other athletes that I look up to kind of handle that. Well, Erin, you have been a great inspiration to me, to a Aww. lot of our yeah, listeners. Yeah, too. Thank you so much for being on air with us. Um, looking forward to that, Linner. So as soon as, you know. Linner. Yeah, so we, um, tell Constance, hook us up. I am available I whenever. So hopefully you'll get back to a Buffalo game. Yes, Get to experience our, our Bills Mafia and what it's all about. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. And thanks for repping the wear. We appreciate it. Yeah. Woo. Thank you, Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. Right, Thanks, guys. Luck. Have a good rest of your season. Okay, Stay you safe. Yeah. Good luck, too. All right. Bye. Bye. The New York Lottery is giving away $50 worth of the new limited edition New York Series scratch-off tickets with a chance to win up to $1 million to one of our lucky listeners each week. Visit buffalobills.com slash New York Lottery or click on the link in the podcast description to enter now. 
All right, Kim, week nine is upon us. It's a game against the Seattle Seahawks, the leaders in the NFC West. Not going to be an easy matchup no, at all. I've been I've not. been looking up the stats of this team, and Russell Wilson is definitely having an MVP candidate season so far. The team's averaging four touchdowns a game, so we're going to have to put up some points. We're also going to have to limit them from scoring some points. They have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, so quite a few weapons on their team who can do some damage, but. Regardless, it should be an exciting game because, again, this is a team that you don't get coming to Buffalo every yeah. year. Yeah, no, the last time under our own um, ownership, we went to Seattle to mm -hmm. play them on a Monday night. Um, almost almost won that game, kind of came really close right there at the last minute. Um, but it's not a team that we get to play that often and to see that. But, um, but certainly they are, you know, they, they've found a way to, to win. They haven't been all, like, you know, blow away games though. So that's mm -mm. still keeps me hopeful. We've had a lot of games this past week where there were teams that had the, you know, kind of a, um, a worse, worse, um, uh, what do you call it? You know, they're, they're, they've lost more games, yep. but, um, but actually ended up beating a team that was heavily favored. So we had a lot of those um, teams and those games come up last week. So I think we are getting with this, this kind of half of, into the season where anything can happen now. And teams that were, you know, are blowing other people away, they're, they're vulnerable. And I think Seattle is one of those teams where, yes, they are, what, they're 8-1, 7-1? 6-1. 6-1, They've had sorry. their bye week already, okay, so 6-1. Right. So they're 6-1, and one, but their games, you know, there have been some close mm -hmm. ones there. And so I, you know, I'm not ever going to give up on our, on our Buffalo Bills. Um, so it's just an interesting matchup. And plus, you also like to, you know, just see some of the greats um, that, of athletes that we have um, at the league. And Russell Wilson, like you said, an MVP candidate, um, especially this season, has been in the past. Um, so a Super Bowl champion. So it's always just fun to to be there, right? And to kind of just see those types of players at the top of their game, doing what they do. Um, so that's that's another part of something I'm looking forward to yeah, at and the a, game. To play against a team as good as the Seahawks, I think this only helps you for the playoffs uh, to play against some, some top-notch teams who have beat some great teams. Um, I thought Bills fans and the Bills were going to get a little bit lucky and not have to face Jamal Adams, but it looks he's like back. he's going to be coming back for this game, depending on how practice goes for him this week. According to Pete Carroll, uh, he was out with a groin injury since week yeah. three, and Bills fans are thinking, oh, we don't have to play him in the over the Jets anymore. He's not He's not a part of the Jets organization, so we're we're good. But here, here comes Jamal Adams and, for the season. And we're not even get an advantage from the weather so it's going to be True. in the mid 60s and it's going to be not much uh different up in seattle so we're not even going to get that but um but certainly excited to see russell wilson um certain you know to see that team um look at what they do well and then like you said and look forward to what our team can do against the matchup and even going uh ahead of or after the Seahawks game looking into the rest of the season we have some tough competition that we will face the Cardinals the Chargers the 49ers the undefeated Steelers the Broncos and then we'll see the Patriots and the Dolphins again uh, what do you think about what's ahead for this team we do have some primetime games ahead yep. too so that'll be really exciting yeah no we, we definitely have a um, a tough you know, on paper, a, a tough 
uh, second half um, to go through. But again, like I said, this is kind of that middle of the season. I think one, on an earlier podcast, uh, Bill Cower said it's you know it's this middle gray muddy mm-hmm. time that you if you can make yourself kind of um, you know not do a lot of harm and get through this middle period, uh, you know come out strong at the end and really then push for a playoff spot. So I feel like that's where we're going to be in, right? A lot of mud, a lot of thick mud that we're going to be dealing with with some of the teams that you just talked about. But you know what? Like I said, that's what I love about football. It's unpredictable, <laughs> right? It's unpredictable. Anything can happen. Um, obviously, injuries play a part of that. Uh, we just got, you know, John Feliciano back and, mm-hmm. and um, hopefully get some other players back. We'll have a, we have a bye week um, yeah, coming week up Yeah, week 11 well. bye week. So, like I said, a lot of you want to play against the best. Um, you want to see where where your team um, holds up against another team, and so you know going forward. Even you know, I know Brandon Bean. Even now, as we're playing in this season, he's thinking about next season, right? That's I mean, that's, that's what good job. GMs do, right? And so you kind of want to see, like you said, how you match up against the best teams, um, especially this season, and where you know where do you need to improve? What things can you do to get better? And then you know, what do you already have that you know really mm-hmm. um, guys need to step up? And um, so. It's going to be an interesting second half. It will be. I think we have the team to be able to go up against and put a good game out there against a lot of these teams. I just hope, fingers crossed, that we can be healthy through it all. I think we've dealt with our injuries already, so the injury gods just need to bless us for the rest of the NFL season. We've had enough. I don't want any more. I want to be healthy going into the second half. Well, and I do think it, it does. Um, I think what I would be looking forward to is getting all three phases of our team kind of all working together. So we've had games where our defense has really mm-hmm. you know, saved us in the second half. We've had where our offense really lit up and won the game for us. You know, like it's said, Tyler Bass, when we've had our special teams kind of be the one that actually Very ends up true. winning. So imagine when we get all three of them together, and that's what we're striving for as we push into uh, into a playoff spot. So I would love that. And all the coordinators and Coach McDermott says you want to be playing your best football in November and December. Well, we have arrived yep. in November, so let's see what unbelievable this team how has fast in it store. Has gone. Yeah, right? unbelievable. So. That's going to do it for right. us, Kim. Thanks for being on. Great interview with Aaron Andrews. To our listeners, we appreciate you tuning in week to week. Make sure you check out next week's episode because we will have another good guest. Bill's Pod Squad brought to you by New York Lottery. See you next week.